Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm going to show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. If you're interested in orthopedics, go check out this week's Specialty Stories podcast featuring a community-based orthopedic surgeon or last week's episode talking to an anesthesiologist. Find all of our episodes of the specialty stories at medicalschoolhq.net. This is the pre-med year, session number 216. Hello and welcome to the two-time Academy Award-nominated podcast, The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. And before I move on, I want to make an announcement. This podcast is going live January 11th, 2017, and I will be speaking at the Colorado, Colorado, that's where I live, California State University San Bernardino Pre-Med Conference on January 14th, 2017. So if you are in that area, Los Angeles, San Diego, even I know some people that are gonna try to come up from San Diego, come and visit. Go to csusbpremed.org. Again, that's csusbpremed.com, not .org. Go to uh, csusbpremed.com and buy a ticket, and I will do a meetup that night as well. I would love for you to RSVP for the meetup. We'll go grab dinner or something after the closing keynote. And if you're not part of our hangout group, medicalschoolhq.net slash group, I have an event in there that you can RSVP for that meetup. All right, this week I wanted to talk about some news that hit the pre-med world last week, and it hit pretty hard, specifically for non-traditional students. And that news came from ACOMIS, or ACOM, the American Association of Colleges of Osteopathic Medicine. That news was that starting May 1st, 2017, so this application cycle for applying for 2018, Starting this year, the ACOMIS application will no longer use grade replacement for GPA 
calculation. Now, let me give you a little backstory if you don't already know. There are three different application services to medical schools in the United States. Texas has their own application for most of the Texas schools. There is the AAMC application service, which is AMCAS to apply to MD schools. And then there is the ACOMIS application for DO schools. Historically, the AMCAS application, if you repeated a course, all of the grades would be counted. So all of your credit hours and credits that you earned would be counted towards your final GPA, meaning that everything is averaged together. There's this this general language in the pre-med world that grades are quote-unquote averaged for repeats, but there's nothing magic going on. It's just simple math. When you add stuff together and divide by two, it's averaged. So the AMCAS application has always taken into account all of the grades that you have taken, all of the courses that you have taken, regardless of repeating courses. The AMCAS application, however, has always allowed you to use grade replacement, meaning if you failed your chemistry 101 freshman year, if you retook it your sophomore year or the next semester and you got an A, then you would have an A for your GPA calculation. The AMCAS application would ignore the previous attempts at that class. If you got a C and you retook it and you ended up with a D during the retake, guess what? That D counted previously. So it's not the better of the two grades. It's the newest of the two grades. That's how it's always been calculated until now. It's changed now. Let me go ahead and read the official announcement from ACOM's website. So if you want to go check this out, it's aacom.org. They have a big announcement link at the top. It says, Notice, change to ACOMIS repeat coursework policy for 2017-2018 ACOMIS application cycle. In an effort to increase transparency, the American Association of Colleges of Osteopathic Medicine has approved the following change regarding the ACOMIS repeat coursework policy. Effective May 1st, 2017, ACOMIS will include all course attempts in the GPA calculation. This change applies to students matriculating into the 2018-2019 academic year, meaning applying in 2017. In the event of multiple attempts of the same course, ACOMIS will no longer drop initial course attempts from the GPA calculation. Osteopathic medical schools may continue recalculating and weighing applicant GPAs per their established admissions practices. The scope of this policy change is limited to the ACOMIS verified GPA calculation. The current ACOMIS repeat coursework policy drops the initial course attempts from the GPA calculation. In the upcoming 2017-2018 ACOMIS application cycle, Applicants will continue to identify repeated courses during coursework entry, but they will no longer enter zero credit hours for initial attempts. Credit hours for all attempts will be entered as they appear on the official transcript, and all grades will be averaged. The ACOMIS application instructions will be updated in advance of the 2017-2018 application cycle to reflect this change in policy. Now, this next statement is 
big if you need to reapply to DO schools. Effective May 1st, 2017, applicants using the 2017-2018 applicant cycle reapplicant feature in ACOMIS for matriculation into the 2018-2019 academic year must adhere to the new policy. Therefore, ACOMIS will automatically update previously verified coursework to ensure all applications adhere to the new policy. So if you applied previously to DO schools through ACOMIS, your GPA, if you have to reply again, if you have to apply again, may be different, assuming you have repeat coursework, because they are going to apply the new standards to your transcripts and to your grades. So be aware of that if you are a reapplicant. Let's break down what they said here. They said basically, we're changing the policy immediately. There's no no transition period, no warning, no nothing. So if you're in a current postback program to to improve your GPA using assuming that you were going to use this repeat coursework policy that Acomas had always had, you're out of luck. I find that very hard to to swallow and very disingenuous and not cool at all by ACOM. If you look back at what the AAMC did with the new MCAT, they worked closely over the course of several years with schools, with students, to let them know that the MCAT is changing. We're changing how we score it, we're changing what's on it, and we're going to ramp up into it we're going to talk to the schools about using the old score and the new score together for a little while. And the transition was pretty smooth. This transition, however, was a sucker punch out of left field. And for students that are taking out federal loans, student loans, going to post programs to try to improve their grades with the assumption that they were going to use this repeat coursework, they are have been lied to basically, and and I don't like that. So, I I have some more thoughts on this. So, Acomis gave some more the the people at Acomis or Acom gave some more information and talked about how they looked at data from 2010, the entering class of 2010. And the research department at ACOM researched the impact of the new policy on overall GPA from 2010 using what they say is a statistically significant sampling of ACOMIS applicants. They said that the repeat policy raised the mean science GPA by 0.03 and the non-science GPA by 0.01 on a 4.0 scale. Now, that sounds good. It sounds like, oh, this isn't going to affect people that much. And maybe that's true. In a statistically significant sampling of ACOMIS applicants, it's not going to have a huge impact. The problem is that grade replacement, this grade replacement policy, wasn't there for the quote-unquote statistically significant group of people. 
they were there. This policy was there, or not not necessarily was there for, but it it helped the outliers, the non-statistically significant sample of students, the students that started school 10 years ago and didn't know what they wanted to do and failed out of school or left school because they ran out of money or whatever their situations were, they had poor GPAs and are now working towards improving those GPAs because they have found this passion, this calling to go back and be a physician. And now ACOM has said, sorry, you're out of luck. And oh, by the way, those thousands of dollars that you took out loans for to pay for for your postback program, which is a waste of money now, you're out of luck. Sorry. <laughs> Better luck next time. The, the people that this policy was helping were the ones that we want in medicine. They are the, the non-traditional student that has life experience that will be a great physician. And now they are going to struggle to get into school. I had a couple people email me and message me on Facebook, and I'm going to read a couple of those. It says, this is huge. (laughs) SDN is going bonkers, of course. For me, this is a drop from 3.5 to 2.6. So ACOM's statistically significant sampling obviously leaves out students like this, that his his uh, GPA is dropping from a 3.5 to a 2.6. Huge. It changes everything, he said. I'm so glad I decided to do an SMP instead of another year of postback. This is devastating for many people. Their statistically significant focus group is pure garbage. Yes, I agree with that. So, I'm not sure about the comment about doing an SMP instead of another year of postback because an SMP is a postback. It's just a master's postback. So I wasn't quite sure of that. Uh, obviously, the, if you don't know an SMP special master's program, the GPA for that's going to be calculated separately on the application, whereas a traditional postback, all of that GPA will be considered an undergraduate GPA. So maybe that's what he's talking about. But it's still. Huge, 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 huge. Another one. I saw about the ACOM grade replacement and wanted to privately message you. I was solely depending on the grade replacement to get my GPA high enough to apply. I graduated with my BS in business in 2015 with a 2.6, many personal health, uh, personal and health issues. And I never intended to apply to medical schools. I made A's in all my retakes, but I made an F in Orgo 1 years ago and made an A this time. So you go from, what, a 0 to a a 4.0. This feels like it has ruined any chances I've ever had, any hope of reassurance. I already finished my post-bac classes, and I am already doing an MPH with a 3.0 GPA. Science GPA is 3.8. It says, I have worked so hard this past year trying to shadow and do well in my classes that I can't imagine doing anything else. This is the person that grade replacement was meant to help. And what historically osteopathic schools have said they've wanted. They've wanted these non-traditional students that have life experience. This is, this is the core of, of who they've been 
searching for, it seemed like, for so long. And now it's gone. And so this student asked for reassurance, and I'll give you some reassurance here. Each medical school decides for themselves how they want to process applications. And every school, we'll we'll talk specifically DO schools here, but it, it applies to MD schools as well. Every school can look at your application and look at your trends in GPA and go, wow, this student did poorly freshman year and sophomore year and senior year and I don't see or junior year and I don't see a senior year on here it looks like maybe they dropped out yeah I don't don't see they have a degree in here anywhere oh but look they restarted courses six years later and look they have all A's and all B's and they have a 3.7 GPA wow it's a stellar change in in grades and their their overall GPA doesn't look very good at 3.1 or 3.2 but man these last these last uh, two years have been stellar with a 3.8 GPA. It's, it's great. I, I want to read more about this person. Schools can do that. There's one problem, though, with that. Schools get thousands upon thousands upon thousands of applications. And to do that for every application is hard. It's not impossible, but it's hard. And the way that schools can help with that, with, with sorting through applications and looking at GPAs, is through the software that is available to be able to say, you know what, I don't want to see any applicants below a 3.0 GPA. I don't want to see any applicants below a 500 MCAT score. The schools can do that. And so if, if now all of a sudden you're your GPA drops like these. The, this one student that posted it drops from a 3.5 to a 2.6, there's a good chance that schools aren't ever going to see his application because it's going to be filtered out. So what do you do? Well, now you have to advocate for yourself, which is something you should always do anyway. I talked about a student that I did mock interviews with. His fiance got into Wake Forest. He applied to Wake Forest, never got an interview. And so he advocated for himself and sent a letter, FedEx, to the admissions office and said, hey, my fiance got into Wake Forest. I was never invited for an interview. I would love for you to take a a second look at my application. They did. They offered him an interview. He was accepted. Happy ending. This is what's going to have to happen now for students who were relying on grade replacement to have a chance at getting into medical school. A 2.6 GPA, I I don't care if you're on Student Doctor Network or on Reddit or in the Hangout where it's mostly a positive vibe, a 2.6 GPA is not going to get you into medical school. But now it may because of grade replacement. And uh, there's one little asterisk on here that I'll talk about in a second. But what you're going to have to do now, students like this, they're going to have to advocate for themselves, which means they're going to have to email the admissions committee. They're going to have to call the admissions committee offices and say, 
I applied this cycle, and with the new policy and grade replacements, my GPA is much lower than what it would have been last year. I would love for you to take a look. Here's a little bit about myself, blah, 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 blah. And now the schools are going to have to hand pull, quote unquote, hand pull these applications and look through them and decide what they're going to do with them. But here's something else to think about. Schools love reporting on their stats. Medical schools love showing that their matriculating class has an average MCAT score of 515 and an average GPA of, uh, average science GPA of 3.7 and cumulative GPA of of 3.8. And if schools, osteopathic schools, are going to open up their doors to students that have a 2.6 GPA, that's going to hurt their numbers. And are they going to want to do that? That's a good question. I don't know. So this is a huge shift in policy, and I'm not against it but I'm against how they did it because it should have been done with a transition period in mind. To lie to schools, to, to post back schools, right, that have been selling the dream, come to our post back school, give us $50,000, and we will be able to increase your GPA because you'll use grade replacement. We're going to prepare you for the MCAT, and you're going to be a stellar applicant to osteopathic schools specifically, but you'll hopefully look good for, for MD schools as well. They, they now make liars of the post-bac programs. And, and how is this moving forward? How is this going to affect post-bac programs? Because now, what's the point of, of going to a post-bac program unless you, unless you are... A, a career changer and haven't had many sciences or any sciences in your undergraduate years. If you've taken a full load of, of undergraduate science classes and you just did poorly and, and you're trying to retake classes, the way simple math works is you're not going to budge your GPA much because you've already taken so many credit hours. It's not going to move the needle much. So are these post-bac programs going to go away now? It's, it's a huge, huge deal. There, there needed to be a transition period to let students know, hey, if you're thinking about doing this, in three years, we're not going to allow grade replacement. So maybe you should think twice about going to a post-bac program. It's big. So the question really comes down to what next? What do you do? If you're listening to this and you've been working up the courage to go back to school and do a post-bac whether a formal one or a do-it-yourself one, to help your GPA to use this grade replacement policy, this former grade replacement policy, what do you do now? The answer is you keep doing what you're doing, really. There's, there's really no way to, to say don't do anything. If, if you're truly meant to do this, to sacrifice four years of your life to go to medical school and sacrifice three plus years of your life for residency, then what are you going to do? You're going to go and you're going to study and you're going to do as best as you can in your classes to boost up your GPA by whatever that you're going to boost it up to. And you're going to 
to push forward and you're going to advocate for yourself and you're going to get that experience, that clinical experience. You're going to crush the MCAT and and you're just going to do it because there's nothing else to do unless at this point you think you've lost. And in that case, I wish you the best of luck. But if you're listening to this podcast, that means you want to be a physician. And if you want to be a physician, you push forward. I don't know if you push forward silently, meaning maybe talk to somebody to see if if this is in some way challengeable through a legal system maybe. Should, should this be a class action lawsuit? I don't know. I, I've heard some rumblings about it, um, but maybe that's something you look into. If you really feel like You've been wronged by this. If if you have all of that debt from a, a formal postback program, and now it's basically useless, even though it's really not useless, it still shows a good track record of grades. But it's not what you were expecting. It's not what the policy has been. So I, I'd be very interested to see if anybody tries to challenge this moving forward. So keep your head up. It's a long journey. It always has been. That's nothing new. This makes it a little bit harder, a little bit longer. It's no different than the AMCAS GPA calculation now. And so it's not like ACOMAS is is totally changing the rules of applying to medical school for everybody. They're just changing the rules that had been set for them and... As humans, we don't like change, and this is huge change, but it is what it is. I'm hoping to have somebody from uh, ACOM come and come onto the podcast and talk to me about these changes and about some other things about the application process for ACOMIS. So hopefully that will come in the future. All right, I think that's it for today. I do want to take a minute. I haven't done this in several episodes, and I'm, I apologize for that. But everybody that leaves a rating and review in iTunes, I get notification of. And so I love to read those on here, and I haven't done that in a while. So I apologize, and I want to read a few today. We have one here that says, Everything you need to know in one place. This podcast is invaluable, to say the least. It's like having a a pre-med advisor with you everywhere you go and through every step of the journey. I can't say thank you enough to Dr. Gray. Well, you are welcome. Click tick. That's that's who left that one. Click tick. Says uh, another one here, I'd pay for this. Hmm, maybe I should charge. Nah. This one by Corey, G-D-S-A. I'm in a formal postback with many resources, but I still think this podcast gives me incredible tips and information. I'm happy it's free, but I'd be willing to pay for this resource. I love the interviews with admissions professionals and the stories of inspiration. If you need something to keep you going when you have stressful days on your pre-med journey, this is it. All right, there's another one. This one here from Dotsy Dotsy says the best as an entrad, the only motivation, inspiration, and information to go to medical school comes from within. Sometimes I am exhausted and experience a motivation dip. I don't have peers and teachers around me to keep me going. I do it all on my own. This is where Dr. Gray and 
his other podcasts come in. Thank you. Awesome. I love that review. I hope to give you motivation, encouragement, information, all of that to keep you going. Uh, and one more here. Sons Suspense says, very interesting. Love what you guys do. Please keep it up. All right. That was a short one. I'll read one more. And one from Try Was Always Busy. So helpful. I love this podcast. Dr. Ryan Gray and Dr. Allison Gray. And I love how people are spelling our names right now. G-R-A-Y. <laughs> uh, cover talk. Um, all the topics pre-medical students wonder about. Everything from applications to MCAT to shadowing experiences to current healthcare issues. I would recommend this podcast to any pre-med at any stage in the process. If you would like to leave us a rating and review, I would love one medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes to do that. Or if you listen on the podcast app on your iOS device, you can leave a rating interview right there. I hope you have a great week. I hope the news of this change in grade replacement policies don't upset you too much. If you are one that is being severely affected by this, let me hear from you. I'd be interested to hear from you and, and, and hear what your GPA was supposed to be or what would what it would have been with the grade replacement and what it's going to be now with just averaging. So let me know. Shoot me shoot me an email, Ryan at medical school hq.net. Don't forget to check out everything that we do over at MedEd Media. This week's specialty stories podcast is an interview with an orthopedic surgeon. The old pre-meds podcast is actually very similar to today's podcast here at the pre-med years, just a little bit shorter, talking about the ACOMIS change in policies, and the MCAT podcast is covering lots of fun MCAT questions, where we actually break down questions for you. So that's the MCAT podcast. Go check them all out, and don't forget, I am also going to be at Cal State University San Bernardino, January 14th, 2017 to give a presentation on what I knew, what I wish pre-meds knew. Go there. If you're in the area, make the trip and and come join us for a day of pre-med fun. Come hang out with me and several other people for dinner that night. Again, that's at Cal State University, January 14th, 2017. Go to the hangout to medicalschoolhq.net slash group. You can RSVP for the meetup later that night. Have a great week. We'll see you next week here at the Prima Years. Yeah.